Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, Couch Potatoes and TV Junkies, to Picked Up the TV Pilot Review Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Rich Camalucci, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening, downloading, streaming, subscribing. Uh, please do so on um, uh, on all of those mediums that you receive this on. Uh, be sure to subscribe if you're not already, and uh, hit us up with a a uh, review and a star rating. Um, I can tell you what I want, but you do whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> I am joined this week uh, by another return guest. Robert Colin Verity. That is not. Nope. That is I not. I have a cowboy hat now. That is. It's a good looking cowboy hat. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it, he pulls it off. It's upsetting. It, have you seen him wear it in person? I haven't seen it, but I hear that he pulls Holy it off. Holy shit. I can't even fucking wrap so my head around it. It's so yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so Robert's wearing a hat now. <laughs> uh, and I'm joined here uh, by uh, my friend and uh, current lovely roommate, Liz Anderson. Yeah. Woo. Um, how how are you? I'm good. Liz? I've never done this particular podcast before. Yeah, you have. Have I? Numbers. Numbers. Fucking oh my numbers. God. Fucking numbers. Yeah. I forgot. I know it can be hard to remember how many. It gets hard to keep no, up when you're Liz Anderson. Because the format's different. It is. And I was I I was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Man, oh, I was so excited about numbers too. <laughs> when you pulled it up, I like. I distinctly remember, like, I hope it's some shitty CBS show. I hope it's, like, numbers or something. And it was numbers. Mm-hmm, it was fucking numbers. I love numbers so much. And then we got it again. You did get numbers again? Yeah, when Otto was on the show. Really? Yeah, so we just watched episode two. <laughs> numbers is a good show with a bad pilot, honestly. Yeah. Like, it, like it, the pilot was not good, but the show itself, like, once it started getting into the actual, like, numbers the science of numbers then it ended up being a lot more fun but yeah. then like the, the pilot's very rapey and very focused on like sexual assault which yep. is not great but the second episode was actually pretty good i remember what was it um it was about like bank heist and snipers and That's shit much more fun it was pretty cool and numbers make much more sense yes. with that instead yes. of trying to find the serial rapist oh yeah god um but i i feel confident saying you're probably not currently watching numbers right like now like no. you're not season five in no, no. uh is number still on no it's I, not. I can't be no. cannot be uh i w- <laughs> normally ask uh what are you watching currently uh-huh. but you know i, I know watch- the answer to this <laughs> it's uh I, I i did you finish gilmore i, Girls I just tonight? finished it tonight cool. uh so i watch like seasons of shows very rarely but this is a television event i finished there's a gilmore girls year in the life so i caught up with gilmore girls when i was in college and actually like probably when i was in chicago like there's seven seasons it's very long the they're full seasons and they're hour-long shows anyway and I, I was talking to Johnny Amaro about this, actually. What people don't realize about Gilmore Girls is that if you don't know anything about it, it's very it comes across as very much like the CW, soap opera, OC mm-hmm. type of thing. But once you watch it, you realize it's very cartoonish. It's very cartoonish, and it's very dense. And if you treat it as a comedy, then uh, instead of like a, a dramedy mm-hmm. or whatever, you can get a lot more context out of it and realize why people attach themselves to it yeah. to Gilmore Girls so I really like it it's to me it's very one of the most well-written shows very like I'll compare it to Sorkin and even better because not nearly as hacky and hammy but well, and heavy-handed heavy-handed true yeah. and it deals like it, it, it's very to be fair it's very white it's very uh waspy but also it deals with stuff like class and mm-hmm. uh dealing with the like the real world as a young adult so i the uh, if you don't know uh, gilmore girls year in the life came out this uh friday this past friday and it was four hour and a half long episodes like so like basically a movie um for each season of the year in stars hollow so it's a occurring a decade after the events of the final season and so i finished i appreciate mm. everything that was done 
and there are some very good moments. I've, and there are several storylines that I feel were done, dealt with well, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of threads that I think were, I feel like they needed six episodes instead Mm. of the four because I didn't think they know, knew what to do with the hour and a half. And I also think that Amy Sherman Palladino doesn't, it was it was a lot easier for her to identify with Lorelai than it was with Rory. I think Rory was mishandled the entire season because hmm. her her whole thing is that Rory is a journalist. She ends season seven as uh, she's going on the road with Barack Obama right as during his political campaign, which is very like, whoa, that's what what a uh, great uh, go get him. Look into the future. And so ten years later, she's uh, basically a failed journalist, which mm. is to me very realistic. Yeah. And like, I, I think I was talking to my friend Sammy about this is that Rory's storyline is either the best depiction of millennial like floundering slash depression that I've ever seen, or it's just very poor writing. <laughs> so it's either one or the other. It was either something they absolutely fucking nailed. Yeah. Or because like good. she like she she doesn't do very well with new media. She like fails out in a book deal. She can't get a, a job in any of the major publications or websites. And so then she decides to write a book. Uh, and are you gonna watch the series? No. Do you know what the, the book is? Not. It's a book about her and her mom. It's called Gilmore Girls. Oh man, bring it yeah. full circle. It's that's. Which is just like, I thought that it really dips into cliches, and so she writes this book, and then the like, that's that's just off, you know, first hearing. That's some like Deathly Hollows epilogue stuff yeah, right there, and it was it was just like not necessarily disappointing because like that shit happens. You have to change your career track, and that is realistic. But mm-hmm. to me. Uh, like Lorelai gets everything that she wants. She gets her marriage. She gets her her life back. Her her mother her repairs her relationship with her mother. Whereas like Roy just like st- ends up still in like this nether world of being a thirty something. And it's just like I know that's not what real life works out. But I didn't come here for real life. I came here for Roy to get her win. Yeah. And she was just like I, I don't just know denied the win. Yeah. But anyway, then there's a big like big twist like right at the end. They leave it on a cliffhanger. Like oh. the last line of the season is this huge cliffhanger, which I understand that they're not going to do another season. They're not. I I why I, do a cliffhanger? For well, because there was this whole thing where Amy Amy didn't do the last season. She didn't uh, do season seven. She was like let go, and she said, "I have the last four words of the series in my mind, and I know exactly what they're going to be." And it was a cliffhanger. Yeah. What do you? Well. So I and the cliffhanger to me. I, it, maybe if it were in a different context, it would be more satisfying, but it's a cliffhanger and it's like a sad cliffhanger too. It's like, oh, buddy, what are we going to do? <laughs> so either are going to do a movie or just leave it there. But anyway, we've talked for like 10 minutes about Gilmore Girls. I'm so sorry. <laughs> not, not quite as much as I'm that, so but sorry. yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, I always, um, the only context I ever had for Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. was I think, think it was a mad tv sketch yeah like late mad i TV. remember that mad Do tv you? sketch yeah okay yeah. and it was like a pretty accurate depiction of like the cartoonish nature of it but it's that thing about like making using comedy to make fun of comedy yes because it's already a comedy but they're trying to treat it as a drama it's like i i get that that's what that is yeah but uh mad tv every now and then would do a very good job of being very accurate about stuff mm-hmm. but like you know, no, Mad TV is like good. Yeah, yeah, Mad TV is good. I don't know, uh, but bit just based off that like one little thing, and and you said it like right out the the bat, mm-hmm. um, which is apropos for what we'll be talking about later. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, like equate it to, especially at the time, it was probably two thousand two when I saw it. It's like, oh, it's like uh, Sorkin for chicks, which Honestly, is yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. uh. uh I wasn't exactly the most articulate back then. Um, but like, that's what was in my head. Yeah, It's just um, like dense as fuck. Yeah. It's very dense and maybe unnecessarily so when it comes to like storytelling. But yeah, it's always more geared towards like ideal adulthood versus the a realistic depiction of youth. Sure. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, another thing <laughs> that you are watching that I am also watching. The only things that I watch are the things that you put on for me. <laughs> I'm like a grandma being placed in your chair and turning on my stories. I'm resetting the VCR for you. And yes, please, please, please record <laughs> over keeps my old morning. Twelve. I don't know how. Uh, we are currently three episodes into season two. American season two, American season two. of the Great British Bake Off. Yes. Yeah, yes. baby. We finished bread, and what was the? What was the last one? Was uh, cookies, right? Uh, wait, the one before bread? Wait, did we, the last one we watched was bread, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then cookies was before that. Yes. And then biscotti right. was before that. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I, when I lived alone, I watched the first season of Great British Bake Off. And it's the only one that's on Netflix. And it's just so delightful. Well, you watched some of it when, yeah. when we well, moved in That was together. my second time watching it. So. Oh, <laughs> well, that's when I started watching it, um, and and yeah, it was it was never uh, I never it was always just on when you were watching it when I would come home. Yeah, and I'm like, what's this? These people seem nice. They're just so nice, and they like they just love to bake, and they're so nice about it, and they're so good, and so it, like the judges are nice. Paul Hollywood is the worst person in the world, and Mary Berry is the best. Yeah. And uh, it's if you like chopped and cutthroat kitchen, Mm -hmm. but you just want some good in your heart. Yeah. Watch the Great British Bake Off. If you just want to watch people like be good at things. Yeah. Or just fail of their own volition. Yeah. And just collapse as humans. And everyone else feel bad for them. Yeah. (laughs) And not wallow in their failure. No. Um, It's yeah. I used to uh, I used to I first started watching the West Wing. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) Because I needed something to chase uh, with House of Cards. I would like watch House of Cards, have a dirty taste in my mouth. Feel bad. And need some hope and upliftment. But like direct parallels. Yeah. But I still wanted like, you know, something in Washington. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, I highly suggest a nice pairing mm-hmm. of, of, you know, um, uh, What's another like kitchen nightmares or whatever? Uh, like your kitchen nightmares or like your Iron like Chef, your, your diners, drive-ins, and di- or like any reality show, really, sure. where it's just really shitty. yeah. Like if you're watching like Project Runway and people are sabotaging each other, it's just watch, well, watch Great British Bake Off. It's just a competition, and they're just good at it, and they're not professionals no, either. They're just normal, like like half they have of, lives. Half of the show is just like oh. This uh, Margaret lives with her husband and her two children, and she loves to make cakes on Sundays. <laughs> and look at how good she is. There's always one young girl who is like adept beyond her years. Yep. There's always like two or three like old seamen who have been making biscuits for their men. Uh, this I think this season there's a prison warden. Mm-hmm. Who is like decent? Yeah, decent he's, things. No, he was more than decent he's on decent. breads. He made the best damn uh, arrangement that Paul Hollywood's ever seen in his yeah, life. He like, made a lion face. He made a fucking lion face. That's dope as hell. Ugh, he's so good. He's got a weird scar in his head. It's, but yeah. He's got. He's probably got some fucked and up also, stories. Like, the cast is really diverse all yes, the time. It reflects Britain. And... and there will be people on the cast mm-hmm. that will grate you and rub you the wrong way. Yeah, but, but that's just it, them. Yeah, yeah. They're not like... They're still not being bad people. Yeah, they're not edited that way to like be, uh, like any like real dramatic moments. I remember the first season; the most dramatic moment was just like someone accidentally took out someone's baked Alaska out of the freezer before it was finished and mm-hmm. it melted. And he didn't get mad that it happened. He was just frustrated. Oh man! He's like, oh my my oh. baked my my cake. Oh, oh man! Oh no! Oh no! Oh, oh dear! Well. Uh- I guess that's it for me. And that's as bad as it got. And mm. and even the people you don't like, it's just the equivalent of like, well, I just I would avoid them at a party. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hang out with you. I just don't want to talk mm. to that person. Yeah. But I understand why they're here. Yeah. And oh, they're just so good. And I love watching things like that where like, I know I can't do that. I would be no good at that. Uh, it's obvious that like 
this is already like over a year old or mm-hmm. whatever this yeah. season. Sure, sure. Who do you think is going to win though, being only three episodes in? Oh, I don't. Oof. And who? Because who... I always root for like the the grandmas. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of grandmas left. Not all the grandmas left. Like the first the first episode of the season, the woman who won the like star baker that week got eliminated the next week, yeah. which was harsh as fuck. No one's safe. Uh, I think it'll. It'll, it'll probably be like the young girl because it was like a grandma the first season. Mm. I don't know. Do you have a favorite? Like one you've kind of. There are no hunks to? this time. There are no real hunks. The first season there was. Uh, Who was the hunk of the first season? I don't remember their names. <laughs> it was like hunk, man with hat, uh, beard boy, uh, grandpa. Yeah. Yes. Now there's like two of the same one dude. Yeah. Uh, except one's good at baking, the other's not, not as good, good at baking. <laughs> And then you have the the prison warden, yeah, Paul. Yeah, prison warden, Paul. Uh, like, because they're both named Paul. Uh, is it Nadia is her name? Nadia, Na- yeah. Nadia. I think Nadia will win. Okay. I, lo- I love Chetna the first season. I thought love Chetna was fucking Chetna. great. What's Chetna doing now? I bet she's just cooking cakes for kids. I don't know. I Maybe hope. she's got a catering business. That's probably what she's doing. I don't know. Uh, is there anything else you're watching that I... Uh, no. No, not, that's it. No. no, like and like literally, I have no time to watch yeah. things. So it's just if it's already on the the PlayStation, I will watch it. <laughs> so please, please preload all of my items, please. Thank you. I take requests. Thank you. <laughs> um, cool. So yeah, we'll go ahead and um talk about uh the show we watched mm, 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 uh mm, mm. right after the break. We will be back uh, talking about. Studio 60 on the Monday, September 18th. Are you coming to save us? When a TV show's in trouble, they call in these guys. I'm three years younger and I'm faster than you, old man. I'm three years older and I'm stronger than you, little boy. From the writer and director of The West Wing. This latest career move of ours. Welcome to Pimp My Trike. You stupid. Yeah. Comes the show that has the critics talking. Okay, let me see Tom Cruise. I'm a uh, very physical actor. With an amazing cast of high-wattage stars. Let's talk in my office. I don't know where my office is. Matthew Perry, Bradley Whitford, Amanda Peet, Stephen Weber, D.L. Hughley, Sarah Paulson, Timothy Busfield in one of the fall's best new shows. We're going to dress, talk, and behave professionally. You are an adolescent oversexed whoremonger. And all that will begin in just a few minutes. Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip premieres Monday, September 18th. And we are back. Um, Liz and I watched Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so drunk. I premiered too. in uh, 2006, uh, wow. specifically um, uh, September 18th, 2006. Jesus, really? Yeah, ended uh, June 2007. Boy. Yeah, uh, created by Aaron Sorkin. Um, Who? Yeah, that's Sorkin guy. <laughs> um, first impressions. <sighs> Do you have any like history with the show at all? Uh, I remember when I gave you the list, you're like, "Hmm, haven't seen that one." Um, Be interesting. The history that I know is like the same history that everyone knows. Like it came out, like even though the content is so dissimilar, it came out the same time it's 30 as Rock. Thirty Rock, which is. Like, what was that? Uh, there was also kind of that same thing, like when DreamWorks and Disney came out with movies about ants. Oh, um, like, these are completely different content, but yeah, you can only have one movie about ants. ants. But these uh, have both been in production for so many years, we yeah. can't do anything to stop it. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Turner and Hooch and Canine, No Strings Attached, and uh, uh, I always forget the other I always forget the name of the other one. There's a reason. Uh, Friends with Benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Studio 60 and 30 Rock. It didn't help that they also had like, you know, num- like numbers. Oh, the 30 Rock? Uh, Studio 60 were twice as good. <laughs> and it's just so weird. Yeah. Because you understand why Tina Fey made 30 sure. Rock. You understand it. Because yeah. she came from that world. The fact, why did Sorkin choose After this? watching this pilot, I know I can understand exactly why he did this. Because it's fast. Not even that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right. I, I, I've now watched maybe three and a half 
episodes of Studio 60 and 30 Rock total. Really? So I am a complete blank slate. <laughs> I have no dog in this fight. I I take sides with no one. Mm-hmm. I, I know who won, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, they are completely different shows. Oh, yeah. Like, they, they have nothing be... to do with each other. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Further apart. Worlds apart. Mm-hmm. Which, like, at least there was that. I think Tina wishes she had made Studio 60. I think that's what she wanted 30 Rock to be. And yeah. And it ended up not being that. Well, and they were also both on NBC, which is crazy. Really? Yeah. I thought one was, like, CBS. No. <gasps> I don't think so. Or maybe. Hold what? on. Oh, that hold on. That doesn't make any sense. Let me Who see here. That? I know. No, it was NBC. Really? It was 100% was NBC. was Rock premiere? Uh, October 2006. Same year? How same, is that possible? Same year. Within a, uh, within a month. Within a month. Studio 60 premiered September 18th, 2006. 30 Rock premiered October 11th, 2006. What? Yeah. Is that Greenblatt? Who's like head during that? Whoever was like president. That is a huge mismanagement mismanagement of yeah. resources on on the wikipedia for studio 60 yeah. there's a, a whole section that's similarities to 30 rock Ugh. yeah god 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 um like they're completely separate shows they have nothing to do with each kevin riley is uh, the one who did that well, yeah he's no longer there yep <laughs> eat bop boop <laughs> don't be bad at your job and his um reasoning for that at the time sure. uh was kind of comparing it to like cop shows and doctor shows or like scrubs in er which like i think that might be the best comparison you can make you can that, make is scrubs yeah, in er they're a, not on the same network yeah. but uh, like i can make that comparison it's not well, in the, the my network. it's not in my same they've oh, i guess but also like that's it's not like sketch comedy is a common profession or like law is a common profession. You can have a law comedy show and a law drama show. This is one thing. Very specific. One very specific thing. so specific. That employs maybe like a hundred people over decades. Ugh. Uh, So going into this, I remember like hearing Mm -hmm. about Studio 60 and like, oh yeah, the reason why Studio 60 didn't work was this. The reason it didn't work was this. The the biggest thing I remember hearing mm-hmm. was that that they tried to actually like also write sketches yeah, and put sketches on the full sketches, the yeah. which is not what happened in this pilot. No, in the pilot, you don't see any comedy. At all. Which is perfect. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my theory based off of interviews mm-hmm. and based off of everything else that I can – gather about the situation and mm-hmm. Sorkin in particular. Yes. Uh, Sorkin, it, he, he likes to fix things. Sure. Every sports night, we're fixing sports center West wing. We're fixing the white what house. Uh, 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 the newsroom. We're fixing news. We're fixing news. We're going back in time and to fixing fix news. news. Yeah. Not in here's how you should have done it guys. Mind you, I am a sucker for Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Do you love the newsroom? I, I, I liked the newsroom. You love the newsroom. I like the perform I like the the meter that mm-hmm. Sorkin is read in. I like the performances that you are given. You love the casting and you love Bradley Whitford. You love words. And you words. love words, words, words. I love words. And I just why we all don't we all wish we could just talk like that? Yeah. No, he does. If you ever listen to an interview with Sorkin, he's the, mm-hmm. he's the biggest mumbling, stuttering son of a bitch of all of us yeah, ever. Absolutely. Um so Based off of this, mm-hmm. based off of the opening of the show alone, mm-hmm. and the rant that got on high Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch. Uh. <laughs> How? Okay. First of all, Judd Hirsch <laughs> yeah. will never leave me. Numbers? No, that's right. <laughs> I cannot get away from this man. This blessed man. I this- mean... This it, voice of reason who is uh, inevitably going to contract Alzheimer's disease. If we ever just do a show exclusively, the two of us, it's Judd just going to be, Judd we're going to be watching all of Taxi. No, don't make me. <laughs> it's called Just Hirsch. Just, uh, God. If you didn't name it. <laughs> see, now that you named it, 
Yeah, it's like a dog going to the adoption agency. You can't name the dog and not adopt the dog, Liz. Yeah. Okay. So, so in in the in the pilot, so we start off with, oh, uh, we're starting off this. uh, First of all, this is Saturday Night Live in L.A. Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. it, it would appear that standards and practices, first of all, Aaron Sorkin calling out uh, censorship way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start off with uh, standards and practices. First of all, like five minutes before the show starts is telling you to pull a sketch. Yeah. Which is not how. That's that not how it works. works. Yeah. You, you set the lineup address and that's it. Uh, Felicity Huffman is the host of said show. And Jed Hirsch says, I'm going to pull the offensive sketch and they're going to replace it with a recurring sketch, which is Sorkin's little commentary on SNL in the modern era. And then we go to the cold open and Judd Hirsch in his network moment. And they literally say this. He's doing a network. Yeah. He blasts onto the stage, tells his actors to get off. It's a, in this. Rea- is he the Lorne in this? Yes. But yeah. Lorne would never. Lorne would never. never. Well, you see, and so here's the, like, one, I'd rather them call it out as a network moment sure. than them Great. not. Sure, sure, and sure. everyone just be like, yeah. oh, that's Sorkin doing a network. Do network. Um, so as I'm sure will become even clearer and clearer and crystallized throughout this, the, the one season, mm-hmm. uh, Sorkin originally asked Lorne if he could, like, hang out for a week just mm-hmm. to, like, know how it works. Uh, and Lauren said, nah, dog. Really? Yeah. That's incredible. So there's a lot of guesswork going on like, by Sorkin like, on this, especially when it comes to live television. That's pretty good guesswork, honestly. I mean, you know, considering there's still enough, there's still yeah. enough books and you interviews and stuff drama. out there. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that nitty gritty that, you know, Tina Fey would have, mm-hmm. like he just didn't have access to it. Yeah. Um, but what I could see, so this was his attempt at like i'm gonna fix snl because i can see in his head mm-hmm. him having the same comment that anyone else you ask about snl mm-hmm. has man it used to be good i could see him thinking that thinking that's an original thought mm-hmm. going like it used to be good yeah compared how to can what? i make it good again how can me well compared make to good. what it used to be yeah. and so that's what all that whole fucking like as well as getting all his other frustrations out about all what like PC culture and what TV has become as far as reality shows yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, I could see that being part of it. And then the rest of the episode, uh, like trying to make a show uh, for his teenage daughters to stop talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> like this is what cool young people are like, right? Yeah. Is this, is this a thing? I just finished writing. A sh- I just finished four seasons of a show about crusty old white people in politics mm-hmm. but this is what this is what other young people are like right young is young is like this los angeles lights colors yeah matthew perry <laughs> matthew perry uh yeah so it it like i understand why it reads as a good pilot because it's played very well you have uh, f- fucking danny like he's the danny con cannon give me that timothy busfield you're uh, he's the director, this the the live director, and he makes sure to hold the cameras and with yeah, God damn it all, make sure you focus on him. Don't mm-hmm. cut. And it's only when he starts saying the f word that he has to cut out. Ugh. Well, um, oh God, who was the the censor? Uh, who was the network censor? I do not know. He's like a dude. He's like uh, 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 Kevin Pollock reincarnated. Like he was just in Arrival, and he's like been doing a bunch of other movies and stuff like that. This Michael Shom, like, not Schomburg, like that's a town. But yeah, yeah, uh, he's a dude. That's another thing. Hell of a cast. And normally, whenever I watch a show that mm-hmm. I know like hasn't been picked up, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or like you know didn't last longer than like one or two seasons, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I hope they're doing okay. Most of this cast, yeah, they're doing. You fine. know, they're doing fine. Yeah. And that's another thing, like. This pilot, they spent money on. Yes. Like from the cast to the direction to like fucking it was, crane shots. I think that might have been my favorite part of the of the pilot was just how well directed it was. Tommy Schlamy directed this mm-hmm. episode and he is a fucking master. Mm-hmm. He has some of the best episodes of the West Wing. Uh, 
this say what you will i i wasn't a big fan of the i wasn't a big fan of the episode i wasn't a big the, fan of the story of this yes no absolutely but not. it looked fucking it's beautiful. beautiful and i understand like why like for logistics sake like this is a reasonable choice like oh we're gonna spend 99 percent of our time just in this studio just going into dressing rooms and in and out and talking to people and seeing like people in closed quarters which is what like that's we don't that's what sorkin does he doesn't mm -hmm. like go to do externals or anything yeah. like that uh so it's beautiful and there's tons of extras and so then we have uh the network president the new network president jordan what's her face uh, McDeer. Jordan McDeer. Played by the fucking, I'm, she is, she is a fucking queen on earth, Amanda Pete. Amanda Pete? Ugh. I think we're at peak Pete right now. Right at, here? In 20, 2006. Yeah. yeah. Peak Pete. Which is like, I love her. I love the way that she plays this character because she's got that Sorkin bravado. Yes. Like she's always got this smirk on her face because she knows like she's, two or three steps ahead of you. The one thing that I missed from her is that she doesn't, he never gives her the Sorkin speech. No, he doesn't. He never does. He always gives it to the men. Which is like, if you give it to her, that is what puts this over the top. Yeah. As far as something, you're trying something different. Mm -hmm. You're giving her like the, you're making her CJ. You could be making her Bartlett. Yeah. But you're not. But no. anyway, that's yeah. different. But yeah, P comes in and, She's got something to deal with on her first day as president. Not even her first day. No, she's not even <laughs> not even started yet. Um, did you have any other takeaways uh, from, from from the, the cold open from the from the show from overall? The show. Um, I understand. Like in my lizard brain, I know why this is a good pilot. If I didn't know anything about Aaron Sorkin, if I didn't know anything about like his tendencies or where this went or what this ultimately ended up being, I would think like, this is very good. And this is a fun depiction of people playing characters well. But I, knowing what I do about like the pitfalls that he can fall into, I, I could, I bumped into frustrations yeah. overall. And it's dated. It's very dated. Well, very dated. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I found it, uh, a little extended at times. It felt like it was straight. Like mm -hmm. it, if this was tightened up, this would have been a good first act to a Studio Sixty movie. Yeah, because uh, it's like all inciting incident, mm -hmm. and then like trying to rally a team or some shit mm -hmm. like that. And he's very good at exposition. Like, yeah, the, absolutely. The, the two like bringing in Whitford and Perry as the two writers who like wrote for a couple seasons and then are coming back as like the new head writers, mm -hmm. which I did. They didn't have to explain that at all. I got that right away. Yeah. Which was like, Hey, great, cool. He knows how to drive that home really quick and getting all the backstory about like, uh, Bradley Woodford has a cocaine addiction and Matthew Perry is, uh, has inflammable relationships with his cast members. Yeah. Uh, here, here's the things we need to know. Um, it, it's very well, done i just wish it were like somewhere else like in like maybe just movies or regular yeah. like tv instead of this specific thing yeah because it has so much gravitas for something that inherently should not have it you know right yeah and i think that's also where there's another big disconnect between like uh uh people that know how to look at at people that are on the inside of comedy mm -hmm. and people who think that like SNL is like this institution and it could be saying so much mm -hmm. more yeah. and it's, you know, it's irresponsible for them to be doing things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like it's like commentary on media. It's like, yeah. It's like, no, it's nah, dog, we're just trying to get a laugh and like, you have to write a show in a week. Have you ever written a show in a week? You will do what you have to. Exactly. Ugh. Um, and I think that's where like the big disconnect yeah. comes from. Like the moment you bring in Paul's in and she with her pout, and <laughs> it's like, oh, she has something serious to that say. She has some pout. acting to do and some seriousness to discuss. Uh, so, do you know who that character was based off of? Jackson, Victoria Jackson, right? Mm, no. Well, in the pilot in particular, um, yeah. like the conflict and the reason why they broke up uh, with that whole Seven Hundred Club thing. 
Yeah. I know there's like one very Christian cast. It wasn't Victoria Jackson? No, it was uh, uh, Christian Chenoweth. Uh, because Ooh. Chenoweth was on season six and seven of The West Wing. Yeah. After Sorkin had left. Yeah, sure. So like sure, he sure, shouldn't sure. even give a fuck. Like why does he give a fuck? Um, but like she was on the 700 Club. Mm-hmm. Um, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And that apparently like fucking ruffled his feathers or some shit. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. Um, but they also uh, had dated as well. I mean. Sorkin yeah, and whatever. Chenoweth. Um, Don't talk to me about moral ambiguities or in Sorkin. (laughs) Uh, Did you have a favorite scene? Um, 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 Or a least favorite scene? God, I love love banter. I love banter so much. Uh, The scene in the car where they're like in a half car and like Perry and Whitford like peak powers as far as like communicating to each other, like here's what we know about relationship. Here's our acting. Here's uh, the layout that we, that we need. That was, I think that was very good. That was very well done. Um, That's the thing. Like aside from Pete, there are no real good standout female characters Mm -hmm. for me, which was like also like fucking Hughley, DL Hughley. (laughs) (laughs) Do it like getting to do nothing. Which sucks. Cause I know that he can like, do it. Uh, I take that back. If there's if there are two people that like, it's like, oh man, I hope they're doing well. It's it's D.L. Hughley and Nate Cordry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so man, I, I hope they're buddies. doing well. I hope they're doing okay. Uh, the WGA scene is really good because first of all, it's like well shot and mm-hmm. establishes character presence right away. It just rubs me the wrong way as far as like. I know what you're trying to do, and I can see this in network mm-hmm. or not network. I can see it in um, a newsroom, and it just like this doesn't make sense. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, just the wrong medium. Just it, it's the wrong. Yeah. It's the wrong medium, and I appreciate what you're doing, but it's yeah. There's a reason why it doesn't work. Yeah, there's a reason why. When Tina was making 30 Rock, she decided to make the sketches terrible. Like actively, purposefully, like cartoonishly (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Because then you can take that focus away from that Mm -hmm. and just be like, in this reality, this is what good comedy is. And then we can focus on like, you don't, you can separate, like you can't use comedy to make fun of comedy. No. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. So when you're if you take the focus away from like, this is just bad. She's just bad at her job. So we can focus on the actual comedy of her life. Then that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. But anyway, also Whitford's just, oh, he's good. He's a good actor. I'm not sure he's ever played any character besides. Oh no. That. No, not at all. <laughs> never, never in the world. No, he's got, he's got one pitch mm-hmm. and he masters that. It's pitch. really good. It's very good. At it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although, Actually, no. I take that back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's got a reoccurring role on Transparent. Mm. Fucking kills it. Um, and like, it's a Whitford you you've never mm. seen. Like, Ooh. even beside him, you know, a Whitford sampler. It, like, there's this thing that he does in season two mm. where like it you're halfway through the season before you realize like, oh, that's fucking Whitford. Mm. It's really fucking good. That's great. Yeah. Um, I will. I think. You might be like one of my top five television actors of really? all time. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who? Okay. Hmm. Uh, I don't know that I would make Whitford my MVP of the episode. No. Though. I, I have such a soft spot for Perry. I really do. You do. really? I love him so much. I just want him to be happy and have a vehicle. That's uh, all I want. Did you ever? Uh, uh, how far did you get in West Wing? Did you ever watch? I, or you... I watched it all the way through when I was very young, but when I do all my rewatches, I stop at four. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember his uh, his, his arc? His arc uh, mm, in the vaguely. later seasons. It was good. Yeah. It was different Perry. Mm-hmm. It was much different Matt Perry than you've seen in anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that. And I was hoping to get more of that in in this. Mm-hmm. Not so much. No, it's just. Like um, but he's got his vehicle. He's got be, the odd couple yeah, with I Tom know. Lennon, Ugh. which somehow got a second season. Really? Oh, yeah, that's nice. Um, 
I I watched the first season of that, mm-hmm. and he's it doesn't seem like he's doing well. No, he's, he's very puffy. Eh, very puffy. <laughs> he's got a weird like speech thing now. I don't know what's going on with that. His face is yeah. Everyone else is killing it though. Yeah, like everyone else is like no, just trying to make the best of. <laughs> Trying to reboot a, a Neil the Simon sitcom. Couple? Yeah. God damn it. Which has been he like Neil Simon rebooted the odd yeah. couple. Yeah. He, he did. It's been rebooted to death. Boy. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're different. Look at how different they are. And they have to live together. <gasps> Why? We got Wendell Pierce. Yeah. Um So Perry's very good. Um I don't know. There's not oh it's very ensemble focused, so there's very yeah. few standouts. Um, I think Perry and Whitford definitely, uh, uh, nominees, mm-hmm. uh, but I'd put Busfield as a nominee as well. Cause gotta get that con cannon. Um, I love him so much. And he's like very meek too. Whereas like Danny, yes. West Wing Danny is very, very pushy. And yeah. yeah. Um, I would say, uh, and, and, and even though we were robbed of what more there could have been, mm-hmm. my, my MVP is Amanda Pete. Oh God. Like if. I I would m- watch more episodes just to see if Pete gets the kind of coverage she deserves. Get some good looks. She is good. Yeah, that's guess. Uh, who would be your LVP? Do you have Least any candidates for? Pete? Yeah, I um, there's one I have with a bullet. Um, I don't remember anyone's name. Who well, is the the network president. Oh, you mean the the one that is also named Jack? Yes. <laughs> uh, Jack Rudolph, played by Stephen fucking Weber. Oh. Yeah. From Wings. Like, oh, professional narc? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Weber cannot hang with any Sorkin fucking dialogue no, at all. No, no. Can't do like, it, buddy. He's wide-eyed and sweaty yeah. all the time. Just pale. Like, he's oh, just always so pale. Oh, God. Oh, I just... All right, I guess I'm you're, upset. You're not an executive in L.A. Get oh, the fuck out of here with that. Oh, boy. Steven oh. Weber sucks. He sucks <laughs> so much. And he's just like his like eyes are too wide set for his face, so it looks like he's being stretched through like two bars all yeah, the time. Yeah, so, so beady and just, oh, God. And just watching, I mean, maybe that was another reason why I liked Amanda Pete so much was just her fucking like, running circles, <laughs> running circles around this man. Yeah, he's just like professionally angry. Like, no, act, do acting. Yeah, oh, God, he sucks. And that's the thing, like, the other thing about Sorkin is that when he's portraying L.A. executives, at least when he's doing, like, Republicans in the White House or opposition, he brings, like, the logic and reality into it, but here, well, like, bring in actual like yeah. opposition thinkers, team of rivals, man, team of rivals. But then, like when it comes to network executives, those are his real enemies. So he doesn't yeah. give them any kind of logic at mm-hmm. all. Just like I'm professionally mad and yeah. gonna censor you for no reason. Like yep. uh, that's not. Uh, there's there's reason why Arliss didn't work. Bring Arliss into this? I'm being, I'm bring oh, Arliss into this. shit. I'm bringing Arliss into this. Dang, you're just throwing firebombs now. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, the, um, like, who else is there? Like, that's the thing. There's a few standouts, and everyone else is just kind of meh in yeah. this episode. But they don't get a lot to work with. I mean, like we said it before, uh, even, like, Paulson kind of got some stuff, but, like, not really anything of worth, no, except for saying, like, and do you know what the name of that sketch was? crazy christians it's like ugh, that sucks yeah, that was yeah. just bad right. name it something else that was just bad that was another uh example of of sorkin not being allowed access behind the scenes yeah that is that he would think a brilliant mm. sketch would be titled <gasps> crazy christians, christians. also like, like that sucks dude that, it sets a precedent for the rest of the series like is every episode going to be like fighting about things to get on the air right in the network because you can only do that so many times yeah like it's not like these decisions are going to get different from week to week it's not like you have to have have a different war to fight yeah it's the same war yeah it's the same one uh so i need you to wear two different hats right now Mm, i only have one head as as a network studio executive Mm -hmm. Would you pick this show up? In what context? Would you 
based off of this pilot in just in the pilot and i know nothing else about my network or what else is being picked up by my network (laughs) or the context of social political issues of the day or the the uh the my stable of talent at nbc or how much this episode costs to produce oh jesus really how much did i'm trying to find that i can't find it it anywhere it looks very expensive yeah and you look at the pilot of 30 rock that is cheap as balls yeah they shot that in queens in like two days (laughs) (laughs) but three three rooms but you are the head of a network and you are shown this pilot shown this pilot uh and i like purely based on the talent behind it the writing and just this pilot and me seeing Knowing what Sorkin can do, absolutely. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. You, you give Sorkin the chance every time. You, you at least give it a season. You give it a season to work it out. He'll get attention. He'll get think pieces, and then he'll figure out whether or not he can do it. Yeah, I, I you have to. I have to kind of agree. Yeah, like you you're, have you're, to. You, you're, you kind of handcuff yourself mm-hmm. as soon as you like give him the project. Like, ah, fine, I um, know. Fine, it's. It's kind of crazy that like it didn't get a second season. It didn't somewhere. even get the second? No. Just the first? Just the one. It bombed out that fast. Yeah. Wow. Um, it was, uh, as I was like kind of doing actually some sort expensive. of they research probably, on like... it, it was expensive. Yeah. Um, the 30 Rock thing didn't help, mm-hmm. even though it was performing better than 30 Rock. Yeah. 30... It pretty much came down to- 30 Rock never got good ratings. No. But it pretty much came down to the cost. Um, mm-hmm. And it, like when it started the season, it started out as like, Critical Darling. Mm-hmm. It was on like a lot of top lists. It was nominated for five Emmys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like by the end, like just critics were just shitting all over it. Well, the um, same thing happened with Newsroom. Yeah. Um, and it's the same. Newsroom is the same. It is pretty much the same. The pilot same. is him going, uh, uh, oh, uh, elderly figure who was formerly the voice of reason going off book and it goes viral. Yeah. It's the same. <laughs> And just because uh, HBO can give in three seasons because HBO doesn't have anything else going on. It's the same. Oh, and then they bring in the person that had former ties. Uh, uh, newsroom, they brought in like Will's ex, like fiance or whatever. Uh, she came in to like fix things. They brought in those guys to fix things. Uh, Look, Sorkin has two good pitches. And he knows how to throw them. I know. Um... Let's put him back in like the Senate or some shit. Have him write the next season of House of Cards. It'll be fine. Oh, he's also writing movies. Like that's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, he's good like, at movies. Yeah, like very contained. Yeah, like he wrote Social Network. Well, narratives that have already been written. True. Yes. You know, Jobs, uh, Steve Jobs. Yeah. As it were. Um. Uh. What? Oh God, what was it that he's working on next? I don't even know. Um. Uh, is he working on some other internet person story? Possibly. Uh, oh, he did Moneyball too. That's right. Sorkin did Moneyball. Yeah. Mm. Moneyball um, was boring. Moneyball. I liked Moneyball. It was boring as fuck. I, well, I liked it. <laughs> I can see it being boring if you don't already know. Uh, it's who... like I, I understand the concept of like oh money and with stats and yeah. Seth Rogen and no 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 no. no uh, Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now uh uh. uh J- Judah Jonah Hill Jonah Hill yeah, Jonah Hill uh, Chris Pratt was in that movie I know um, I've seen the movie I liked it's the boring movie. as hell it was fine uh what the fuck is he doing right now Sorkin he's tell me your life his master classes online um well he's uh adapting a few good men for a live production on NBC Wait, uh, yeah they're doing a few good men uh they're gonna do it live on NBC next year like the live musicals Doing it right, but it's gonna be like a live straight play. What? Yeah, that was they announced that like way earlier this year. They're doing like live plays on television. They're at least gonna do a few good men. What? Yeah. Is it just gonna be in the courtroom? Um. Well, it was a lot. It was a play before. It was a play before it was a movie. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So they'll probably stage it similarly. (sighs) That's so weird. Yeah, decision. but if they do stunt casting, then I mean they probably will. Yeah, man. Um, wow, I didn't yeah. realize that the live musicals were making that much money. 
I mean, they might already be locked in. Who knows? Yeah. I uh, personally Mm. am not going to keep watching this. Oh. I do not pick it up personally. Oh. I. mm. As a, as a human being in the world, using all of my knowledge and my infinite wisdom, no. But as in 2006 me, absolutely, I'm going to watch this. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm going to pick this up. 2006 Liz, she's 16 years old. She loves banter and she loves Matthew Perry. And she still loves Matthew Perry. <laughs> well, I think that's enough said. I think that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Perfectly well. Oh, God bless. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys uh, so much for, for listening. Um, uh, yeah, Liz, uh, where can people find you on the internet and uh, in and around Chicago? In and around Chicago? I'm on, at, uh, on Twitter, at Lies Anderson. That's L-I-E-S-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N, because Liz Anderson was taken. Uh, coming up very soon, if you're in the Chicago area, within the next two weeks, December 9th, our very own Rich Camelucci will be co-starring with Gianni O'Mara, uh, James D'Amato, Peter Williams in a new Ghost Trackers show. We finished the script very recently. It is called The Ghost Trackers Save Christmas. It is a sketch show. It, I keep on calling it that because I don't know how. It's else. an experience. An experiential com- comedy show. Uh, it, and it will be very, very fun. It's going to be a 10th. 10 o'clock at the Bug House Theater in Chicago. And you can catch me at any given time at Comedy Sports Chicago as part of the ensemble. I don't even know my schedule a week beforehand, so figure it out. <laughs> and then uh, Baby Wants Candy, the improvised musical with full band uh, at the Apollo Theater at 1030s on Friday nights. Awesome. I lots of things. I need to sleep. Th- uh, don't we all? Find me a Perry vehicle. <laughs> It's on right now. You can watch it if you no, want. That it's going to get that's, canceled. That's what you got. I want Perry to have it'll be on six for the next, seasons it'll be on and for then the, retire. The next five years okay. it'll be on. Sure. Uh, uh, the odd couple just gets odder. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you can always find me uh, at Rich Cammy on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can always uh, follow the show and interact with us. Give us your feedback, of what oh, you boom. like, and what you didn't like. Um, on Twitter, pick the pod. Uh, on Facebook, pick the podcast. Pick the podcast at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. Um, and yeah, again, uh, rate review us on iTunes. And aside from that, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Liz, do you have any final thoughts? Man, 2006 was a lot simpler of a time, wasn't it? Oh, we didn't even talk about the Trump reference in the first five Holy minutes. Holy shit, you're right. The first two minutes. Jada Hirsch, prophet, says word for word, everyone on TV is trying to become the next Donald Trump. I Like, I get it that, like, Apprentice just got on the air and shit, but, like... I want to pass away. I want to nah, die. Man. Nah. If only. If only. Uh, Ugh. Uh, keep an eye out for Just Hirsch coming out in the middle of 2017. <laughs> uh, just Hirsch, everybody. <laughs> It's not the best, but not the Hirsch. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Picked up five. <laughs> oh, thanks for picking us up. Keep her dial tuned. Awesome. <laughs>